This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. It's another episode of the Straight from the Net podcast. I am Danielle. And I am Jamie. She's here. Ladies and gentlemen. She's not queer. Her. Sort of, semi, depends on the year, who knows. Yeah, that's legit. It's Jimmy. That's legit. That's oh. legit. <laughs> As of right now, I'm currently not having a, an, an identity crisis. So. <laughs> I'm straight today. <laughs> oh my God, people are going to end up writing in. What do you mean an identity crisis? It's not an identity crisis. Uh, <laughs> they'll get over it. Like, he, nobody ever fucking writes in. No, eventually they will. Eventually. It's I mean, gonna it's happen. only been like almost three years. I know, but it'll happen. We do, I don't even think we have a single review. <laughs> we have a couple on um, iTunes. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so this past weekend, we're doing this a little late because on Tuesday was Paco's birthday. So this past weekend was Paco's fucking company Christmas party, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't get off the dance floor. That's what you were saying. You guys, you we danced the whole night. We did not get off the dance floor. My baby was out there cutting a whole entire rug. And I was out there with him. My hips hurt so bad the next morning. I was like, is dysplasia just a dog thing? Because I think I have, <laughs> I have dysplasia. <laughs> like, I think I have it. And I was like so sore and I couldn't move. But it was so much fun. And there was a little kid's like sweet 16 next to us. And... They, I mean, they were young, and they were doing, like, a high school musical sing-along. And they were like, we're all in this together. And he, all of them, like, 50 of them, just, like, up on stage into a microphone. It was hysterical. Like, I could, we were watching, like, from, like, the lobby into their room because they yeah. had the doors open. Um, And Paco's like, babe. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go in there and tell him I'm Biggie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And they have little Oscars in there. Like, it was like a movie theme party, I guess. And I was like, babe, if you do and they believe you, get an Oscar. And he was like, you need that for most dramatic performance ever. Oh, I know, right? Anytime, anywhere. Like, drop at the hat dramatics. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> That's nice, though, that you guys got to go do that. It was, it was nice. We got to dress up. And then that Saturday, we had an ugly Christmas sweater at his former boss's house and that was fun and then there were there was a birthday party on sunday little miss delaney turned three. three. Oh my gosh already god i remember when she was a baby miss delaney turned three and miss layla was in a very good mood she fell asleep on aunt jamie i know you were she telling gave me, me all the laughs and the giggles mm-hmm. and the smiles mm-hmm. i was like thank you for not being a bitch ass baby <laughs> We don't do well with bitch ass babies up in this place. Because mm-hmm. we were in Delaney's freaking birthday party, and she is the ultimate bitch ass baby. Like that child is she? That child has zero fucks to give. <laughs> she really doesn't. And look, she, Rachel lives next door to me, and she'll stand outside of Rachel's house and scream into my kitchen window, "Jeannie, Jeannie, Jeannie!" And then I'll come out, and she won't say a word to me, and then be like insulted that I came out. <laughs> Later on, I walked in the house and Rachel over at Rachel's, and she was FaceTiming Aunt Terry, and I was talking to Rachel, and I could hear Delaney in the background going, "Hi, Jamie! Hi, Jamie! Hi, Jamie!" And I turned around, and went, "Hi, Delaney!" And she did this. Uh, she looked away. Uh, she gave you a, like she a roll her eyes. eyes like this bitch. Huh? She had, I guess audacity was on sale. <laughs> <laughs> she was handing it out. Right. That child, her field of fucks is barren. <laughs> it's like a dust bowl. <laughs> she is three with the biggest attitude. Oh my God. In the world. Unless you're a man, because then she'll bat her eyes and like manipulate you. She's going to be somebody's trophy wife. <laughs> oh my God. Bless her heart. Oh my God. I'm trying to think, did I do anything this weekend? What do I ever do over the weekend? I did not do anything over the weekends. Again, I'm still getting over the cold. So, I don't know. It's like, Danielle's never got anything going on because she just stays sick all the time. Like, I can't get rid of this head cold. Like, Jonathan got it and was home for two days and he sprung into action and went back to school. 
And he's fine, but yet I'm, like, dizzy. Like, if I move too fast, I feel like I'm going to pass out. And you like, might have, like, ugh. wood in your ears. I don't know. I might. From I don't the, know. From the head cold. Yeah, I might. That's probably why you're dizzy. Possibly. I mean, it's, like, in my forehead and everything. I was like, I didn't even go to work with um, our boss today. Usually I go out and inspect houses, and today I just stayed home and, um, like, typed and stuff. But uh, we're, you know, finishing getting ready for Christmas. Like, everybody else is getting ready for Christmas. I don't know what it is. It's just not, it's just, I don't know. Like, I continue on with it. I keep waiting for the Christmas spirit to, like, sneak up on me. The Christmas spirit has yet to sneak up on me. Yeah. Even though big news. Oh, I know. Big news is coming next week, people. <coughs> not next week. Not not when we record next week. It'll be two two podcasts from now. Two podcasts from now. Mm-hmm. Tune the fucking big news. Um, but I was sick on like not this past week but the week before yeah the last time we did our podcast right. it was we are sick and people like listen to it and you can hear us snotting and coughing like it was so funny yeah. but we came here we did it we still we did we it for we, you we fucking work for y'all man you know who else works for us hmm. well for y'all y'all oh people. my gosh can you hear my family god they're loud <laughs> oh i got it i got it <laughs> I got it. That is, that's the, that's the little one and the middle one. But we are trying to freaking podcast. (laughs) You want to get Jamie to murder you dead? No. Okay. Jonathan is not helping the situation. He is chasing him. No, he, him and Aiden love to just, they, they're frenemies is what they are. So Jonathan is one of those people that like loves to pick at him. Right. And then make him cry or... Or not picking him in, like, a bad way, but, you know, like, shit runs downhill. Like, in our family, it's like you get picked at. You know what I mean? In in a funny way. It's supposed to be funny. And Aiden doesn't really grasp, like, sarcasm just yet. He's getting there. He's getting there really good. Because I told him the other day, I said, it's none of your beeswax. He said, well, it's none of your beeswax. Like that. And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, And then days like today, they love each other. I love that. I want them to fear me. Like, I feel like they are scared of me. Like, I'm always, like, yelling. And they're like, oh, no, Aunt Jamie's yelling at me. It's business. But then I walk in the door and they're like, hi, Aunt Jamie. <laughs> well, in this house, I am the bad cop. Bruce is not the bad cop. And um, it, it's it's kind of funny because, you know, I'm always from a place where you, you fear the dads more, right? I mean, I don't know. Like, my dad was, like, once he finally got up, you're like, oh, I'm big fat trouble. But my mom would be the one who would, like, whip the shit out of y'all, you like, you your know entire what? life. I was not afraid of my dad. My dad would only, like, beat us if he was told to by my mom. Like, <laughs> authority. My mom, my mom would throw ashtrays and shit at your head. Like, you didn't fuck with my mom. I was more scared of my mom. <laughs> yeah, but in this house, it's like, I'm, I'm the bad guy. So, like, for instance, yesterday... Um, somebody had called to speak with our daughter and it was about something that's like coming up. There's like, you know, this thing. So I forget, it was like a therapist or something they had called and, you know, they're working on a project. And so she gets on the phone and, you know, you told Aiden, like, you gotta, you gotta be quiet. You gotta, you know, Bruce is like, Hey, you gotta be quiet. And he's like, no, no, no. Like this, like on purpose. I walk out there. I'm like, knock it off. You either stop it or you go up to your room. Which one is it? He's like, I'm going to knock it off. I was like, that's the right answer. <laughs> but then, like, you know, afterwards, then we're hugging and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But, like, but like Bruce is like, well, they don't really listen to me. And I'm like, well, I guess the fuck not. Because she, you're the good cop. Let your balls drop, Bruce. Put some boom in <laughs> Well, your he's voice. the good cop, you know. He's, your, a, he's the put, nice guy. Put some boom in your food. Yeah. But, I mean, it, but even with me like that, like, I'm pretty – well, even with our daughter, like, she didn't do dishes. And I was like, okay, you said you're going to do dishes, but you didn't. So, I'm like, well, what's what's the punishment? Like, what are you going to do? And she was like, well, I'll do dishes now and I'll do dishes tonight. And I was like, word, all right. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you let them pick out their own, like, sort of punishment. And they just, you know what I mean? Like, we're really pretty lucky with, like, you know, the kids, to be punish, honest. We're really lucky. When I Katie when she was little, like, she had imagination. Like, I had to, like, re- like, put white sheets on her bed because if there were, like, little Barbies or something on her sheets, she would talk to them. Like, oh god, really? I had to she was like I couldn't say no more TV. She didn't matter. She loved to read. So she was reading anyway. So um, it didn't matter. And then I would take her books away and then she would just write a story. Like uh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, none of my kids will do any such thing of that. I wish they would. No. Remember when we wanted to do our story? Remember um, we had talked about that story? I for some reason it's been on my mind so much lately, probably because I keep thinking about um 
I guess now because I'm I'm doing my midlife crisis, like you know, it's here, it's happening. <laughs> and, like, I actually had <laughs> we're in the throes of it. People. It's happening. I'm in the middle of it. So I um, <laughs> it's like it's it's not funny at all because it's like I'm actually pretty sad. Like I'm I'm actually having a really really hard time right now. But my humor about it makes it seem like I'm not upset about it. But I was in therapy yesterday. And I'm explaining it. And I was like, I think I'm I'm having my midlife crisis. And she was like, well, let's talk about it. So like, I kind of tell her like what's going on. And she was like, it could be. And I was like, okay. I'm like, and I wanted to do this, this book that Jamie and I came up with this idea. And I'm like, how great would it be to like do this idea? And I'm like, I wonder if I couldn't sort of make it materialize before. Like I just couldn't get there. Right. Because I wasn't sad enough. And do you remember all the times that I've been sad in my life that, you know, big life changes or whatever, I would always write a book. I mean, I Memoirs a book of a Dreamer came at the saddest time of your fucking life. Yes, Memoirs of a Dreamer did. Yeah, books went into. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe now, like, I can make that sort of materialize and maybe we can put that in on paper. I don't know, but you always work hard at it and they always turn out amazing. Well, yeah, well, now's the time because we're slow at work. But anyway, I know there's probably somebody else that's pretty slow. What do you got? I got who else is working hard for you was our Amazon drivers because let's oh, face yeah. it Amazon let me <laughs> tell you people how I ordered what did I order um oh I ordered Paco's Christmas gifts mm-hmm. and I got up at four o'clock in the morning oh my god um, why I forgot I couldn't sleep I wasn't feeling good because my ears were all congested and I oh. I couldn't sleep so I got remember I told you I was like I got up at like five it was like five in the morning on like a Saturday or some bullshit okay and I'm like, why did someone break into your house? Like, do you have a procedure? Like, why are we getting up at four? But anyway, no, I, it was like five, five thirty, and I had a, a notification on my phone, and it said Amazon delivered your package at four ten in the motherfucking morning. Shut the heck up! Right, and I, I was like, oh, they must have made a mistake. That I looked out the fucking door, and sure the fuck there was. Wow. So Amazon drivers are working fucking hard right now. Oh, they're doing that whole overnight thing, too. I really appreciate. Yeah. So we have seven genius hacks Amazon shoppers must know. Oh, I'm ready to hear this because I'm all about Amazon. Amazon is my jam. So. Just making Jeff Bezos some more, you know, a bigger, bigger, multi-millionaire, billionaire. You can get $10 to start investing in Amazon and other companies. So they're saying to invest in Amazon. And it's an app called Stash. And it allows you to start investing with just $1 and you can buy fractional shares so that you can afford to get a piece of the companies that are household names, such as Amazon and mm-hmm. other things. Um, and Stash will give you $10 to get started. So that's an app that you can use to buy stock in Amazon. You gotta be careful with those though, because they charge is, them fees and all your money gets eaten up by the fees. I got snuckled by Clickbait. Did you what get snuckered? Yep. I was kind of really into yeah. it, though. I was waiting to see, like, what happened. Right? So was I. I thought they were going to be, like, order at this time of the day. Like, that's I the know. kind of hack I need in my life. Not, can't, two, number two is cancel your car insurance. We've got bad <laughs> news. You could be wasting $500 a year on overpriced second-rate car insurance. You should probably cancel your existing insurance right now because there's something much better. This new tool from Finance Buzz can tell you if you're overpaying for your car insurance in just a few clicks. Okay, stop um, reading the freaking bait. Click bait. That's what it, but that's the I know, but that's kind of booty. Are you sure you didn't click on something by accident? No, that's, look. What? Let me see that phone. Give me that damn phone. It's all, it, the clickbait was about more clickbait. Trout new games and earn gift cards for Amazon. Want to make some pocket money? We've got a way, but there's a catch. It's gift cards only. That said, these gift cards are solid. They're for Amazon, Best Buy, Target, more. Reward Play is an app that can help you earn hundreds of dollars in gift cards. All for playing games on your phone. It's clickbait for clickbait. It's clickbait. Bait about clickbait, people. I've been suckered. You have been suckered. Well, you know, the problem is, too, is that we have a whole lot of things that we did save. But something's happening with Facebook Facebook right now. Where um, it's it's setting that this item isn't available right now. It's privacy settings may have been available, but it's for like most of everything I have. I do have one thing though that I thought was pretty funny. So I'm, I'm in this one like private group. It's called Alleged Sanity, and like I think Alan Shores put me in like that in a long, long time ago. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> it says 
sex is unnatural. So this was like something that somebody wrote into a page called Book of Mormon Soak Posting. I have no idea what the fuck soak posting means. I have no idea. But it was like a meme that somebody put on that page. And it says sex is unnatural. The common mode of sexual intercourse is not even natural. Our genitals are not for pleasure. They are for procreation. And that occurs when two people are very much in love and wanting to reproduce. Nature takes its course when the couple are asleep, laying naked and embraced. Procreation occurs by the vagina acting as a vacuum, drawing the flaccid penis inside to a climax and eventually ejaculation. The vagina then releases the penis, all the while not disturbing the peacefully sleeping couple. Forceful sexual intercourse is unnatural. So naturally, someone says, so um, what's it called when I suddenly find my partner's penis in my mouth? <laughs> and somebody said, I believe that's what's known as hot dog surprise. Hot dog surprise. I was like hot dog surprise and I had hot dogs tonight, so I thought it was appropriate. <laughs> I had a big old fat struggle meal with hot dogs. But I was like, oh, okay. What is this about? So that has to be a joke. I, I mean, there's some religions that absolutely believe that. And I feel like um, y'all are dumb. Like, Y'all are dumb. Some of these religions are just too much for me. I don't know. I think that was just a bunch of booty. I can't imagine that was real. I had some really good ones, by the way, and I'm really annoyed right now. I am really annoyed. That I'm, like, going down the line of some bullshit that I saved. Uh, so, speaking of too much, and I do believe this might be a little too much, as great as he is, but Bruce Springsteen sold his whole music catalog to Sony Music for $500 million. Born in the USA, I was rich in the USA. (laughs) (laughs) He sure is. So Bruce Springsteen has sold his music rights to Sony Music in an estimated $500 million deal. According to a report to the first first Billboard and then New York Times, sources familiar with with the deal told both outlets it included the singer's record, music catalog as well as his body of work as a songwriter including hits such as born in the usa blinded by the light i didn't know that bruce springsteen wrote that how does and what born, is that bruce springsteen no it's not but he wrote it and born, oh and born to run oh you know what i grew up loving bruce springsteen He's a Jersey boy. <laughs> I grew up loving him. <clears throat> Look, like my I dad would put, watch that stuff or listen to that stuff. So hard, so hard. You know what? I really okay. So he's got the big, this big old band, and they jam out. So like when you go to like a Springsteen concert, if you you bet watch some of their stuff. So uh, it's a running joke. Every time we go over, every other Sunday we go to my parents' house for dinner, right? And it's like the whole family comes and like we're all kind of. So it's like my mom and my dad, my brother and his wife and all that stuff. I guess Lenny's knocking on the damn door. Um, And then me and my brood and we all come over every other Sunday. Well, for the longest time, when after dinner, my dad would go out of the living room and put on this like music channel. But it was always like a music channel that had um, like concert series. Right. So it was like live music. Yeah, like live music. But it was like a concert series. And you were like, what the hell? And it would be like every time. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, it was just so weird that he would always do it. But. I guess that was his way of not, like, trying to watch TV and listen to things with all of us in the house. Because you can't hear with all of us in the house, right? Uh-huh. So, if some of us aren't actually Italian, like, I know my husband's not Italian. Like, when, when they get over the house, they're, like, Italian by the fact that they walked in the door because we're so loud. So, my dad would always listen to that stuff. But when one time we actually watched one with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. And they just jam out. And it reminds me a lot of the Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. So it's a little different in terms of but like the music. Than Dave Matthews. I think Dave Matthews is overrated. I actually like them though. We saw them in concert. They were pretty good. They sound exactly like you expect them to, you know, sound or whatever. So I thought they were pretty good. But way to go, Bruce Springsteen. Right. They say that it's the biggest such deal ever. Springsteen would be the latest star to sell all parts of their catalog, falling among others such as Bob Dylan, Stevie Nicks, Paul Simon. You can call me Betty. And Betty, when you call me, you can call me out. That's Paul Simon. Yeah. Shakira and Neil Young. Shakira, you know what? My hips didn't lie when they were sore as fuck. <laughs> There's been a purchasing boom for songs, song rights. Investors have been increasingly drawn to the lucrative portfolios due to the rise of streaming and, as the time puts it, the promise of 
growing music revenues from for years to come. Last year, Dylan sold his full publishing catalog and reported some of three hundred million to Universal <clears throat> Music. Lovely Mac, um, oh, Stevie Nicks sold the majority him. of her catalog for a hundred million. Really, really, she didn't get nearly as much as fucking Bob Dylan and. Stevie Nicks is a fucking treasure. Oh my god, Stevie Nicks is amazing. My mom got me into Stevie Nicks a long time ago. Right. My mom went through a whole Stevie Nicks so, fan Bruce fandom thing. Bruce Springsteen is seventy years old. Wow. And Bruce Springsteen is still a very handsome man. Yeah, he's still got he it going on. He doesn't look seventy. He looks so healthy. Ooh, the other day, I was waiting on somebody and there was this 30 year old lady who was married to like a 75 year old man it was gross oh my god did you you know his nuggets smell like a fucking musty attic a musty attic oh my god why do you say something like that (laughs) oh my god um did you watch the new sex in the city you're not gonna watch it right yeah you're not gonna watch it at all so it's okay if i talk about spoilers yes talk away because i give zero fucks Shut up, Carrie Bradshaw. Like, that's what I have to say about that. I I didn't mind the reboot. Um, I thought it was okay. I'm only two episodes in. And the first episode made me cry like a fucking baby. So they killed Big Off. Her husband? Uh-huh. They killed him. And it made me think of it because of the way you were like, you know... Like, he looks so healthy and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I'm like, because he exercises. Like, he looks great. He's still got great arms and everything. But, um, but so, now she got all his money because he's dead. So it's fine. Well, she has her own money, though, too, at the same at the same time. But so he... All right. So Charlotte is still kind of, like, very fucking neurotic. And her children are a little neurotic. And um, I guess... Carrie and Big were supposed to go to the Hamptons or something, and instead she stayed an extra night so she could go to, like, this recital, um, like, for Charlotte's oldest daughter, Rose. And it's, like, a piano thing that she took all year. And she did amazing. Like, the, you know, this recital she did was beautiful. But in the meantime, Big didn't want to go. He stayed home, and he got on his Peloton, and apparently it was, like, X amount of rides, and they were supposed to say, oh, you know, so-and-so made their whatever ride. You know how they do that. I heard that they do that anyway. Like the instructors would be like, oh, you're 1000th ride, you know, or whatever it is. So he did his little Peloton thing and then he got off the bike and then he like had a heart attack. And by the time Carrie got home, he was like in the midst of dying, like on the bathroom floor. And like she runs to him and she's freaking out. Next thing you know, it's like they're taking him out in a body bag. And you're like, oh my God. You know what I mean? Like I follow these characters from the beginning. You know what I mean? So I'm a diehard at this point. Like I don't care how bad it gets. It's going to have to get really fucking bad for me to not watch. Just because I've invested in these characters for so fucking long. And they killed off Big. And I was like, oh, God. And then Samantha's on there. And they kind of like, she's not on there, actually. She's not there. But they kind of bring her up. And how Carrie makes it sound like, well, because Carrie wasn't doing as much anymore. She didn't need a publicist anymore. And then Samantha got mad at her and moved to London. And now she doesn't speak to anybody. And Carrie's kind of like, well, I I assume that we were better friends and just a client. Blah, blah, blah. You know, but then at Big's wedding or wedding at Big's funeral, she didn't want any flowers. And it was in this really weird place. Like it wasn't a normal funeral home and she didn't want any flowers there at all. And um, there was this ended up being this very large spray that they ended up putting over top of the casket. And she asked who it was from. And it was from Samantha. And I'm like, okay, so they kind of do that and they kind of leave it open ended almost in case like Kim Cattrall ever wants to come back, which will never happen because Kim Cattrall fucking hates Sarah, what's her facey? Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, she hates, they don't like each other. There's, you know what I mean? Like, she makes no bones about it. She doesn't like her. And, you know, there's nowhere for her character to go anyway. So I was like, oh, that made me, like, really sad. But he was, like, so healthy and everything. And you're like, oh, my God, you know. But if you sat down and ate a donut, that probably wouldn't happen. You know, I don't know. It's like, it's just a shame. But I've got some interesting news. Okay. And according to the New York Times... The FDA will permanently allow abortion pills by mail. Nice. So I think what they're trying to do is prevent these conservative states from not allowing you to go get one. Oh, yeah. Right. So, and it's, you know what? And it's interesting. So, I mean, if if people that have actually listened to us for a really long time understand that you're pretty, you know, you're a Democrat. Mm -hmm. I'm a Republican. 
my parents hate it, by the way. They're like diehard Democrats. They and sure me and my are. brother are both like conservative, sort of conservative Republicans to a certain degree anyway, right? I mean, I think I'm more down the middle, but I, I lean a little right than I do left. But So I would say I'm a Republican, but I'm not like your standard Republican. And I think you're a Democrat, but you're not quite a liberal. You know what I mean? I think we're both very down I, the middle. Yes, I'm very down the middle. I'm very liberal centric. Like, mm-hmm. I, I believe, like... I'm for our military. Mm-hmm. I believe if you can pass the background, do I believe gun laws should be a little stricter? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, but I believe that you have the right to have guns. Like, that's your prerogative. That's your choice. I believe in abortion. You know, I, I there's things that I do lean. Like, I would love a Democratic fucking president who shared my values with a fucking Republican fucking economy. That's what I'm... I think like, a lot of people would probably agree with like, you to a certain extent with that. Yeah, Republican gas prices, please? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm one of those people that, although I'm, a, I'm Republican-leaning, only because I believe that you should try for yourself, right? I believe that certain programs are in place to help people, but I think if you're able-bodied, you need to work. You know what I mean? You need to do your share. You need to find your way, right? Um, that's kind of where I'm at. And it's, I don't know, like to a certain extent, I mean, I can go on and on, but I don't need to feel like I need to on this one. But at the end of the day, I also truly believe that, um, a woman's body is her body and you don't have a fucking right to tell her what she can or cannot do with that, with her body. Right. And I really am upset with the states that are super, like super conservative because at the end of the day, your beliefs are based on the fact of your religious beliefs, Right. Right. And they are, they have no place in politics at the end they of the don't. day. They have no place in politics. And I can talk about Jesus and all that kind of stuff and, you know, be very Jesus crispy all I want. But at the end of the day, I have no right to tell anybody else what they should do with their body. And the fact that they are doing what they're doing to women and making it illegal for them to do that makes me disgusted. So now here we go with the New York Times and it's saying the FDA will permanently allow abortion pills by mail. It says the decision will broaden access to medication, abortion, an increasingly common method but many conservative states are already mobilizing against it. So the federal government on Thursday permanently lifted a major restriction on access to abortion pills. It will allow patients to receive the medication by mail instead of requiring them to obtain the pills in person from specially certified health providers. Uh, The decision by the Food and Drug Administration comes as the Supreme Court is considering whether to roll back abortion rights or even overturn its landmark 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade that made abortion legal nationwide. The FDA's action means that medication abortion, an increasingly common method authorized in the United States for pregnancies up to 10 weeks gestation, will become more available to women who find it difficult to travel to an abortion provider or prefer to terminate a pregnancy in the privacy of their own homes. It allows patients to have a telemedicine appointment with a provider who can prescribe abortion pills and send them to the patient by mail. Earlier this year, for the duration of the pandemic, the FDA temporarily lifted the in-person requirement on mifepristone? Mifepristone, I guess that's what it is. The first of two drugs to use to end a pregnancy. The decision to make this change permanent is likely to deepen the already polarizing divisions between conservative and liberal liberal states on abortion. In 19 states, mostly in the South and in Midwest, telemedicine visits for medical abortion are banned, and these and other conservative states can be expected to pass other laws to further curtail access to abortion pills. Yeah, this just makes me so sick, by the way. Yeah. It makes me so sick because they don't even broaden any other programs for them. So it's right. like you are pigeonholing women into something that they don't want. Right. But yet you don't broaden Medicaid. You don't broaden, you know, ways there for them to or, or, abort, or um, adoption. There are 400,000 kids right now in foster homes. In foster care. Mm-hmm. 400 fucking thousand in the United States. And... These people are so worried about the fetus, but once this baby gets here, they give zero fucks Yeah, they don't fucking it. care about it. I know, and yeah. And the only thing they're doing is mm-hmm. making illegal abortion, which is dangerous. They're gonna, These women are going to be dying in the streets in back alley abortion clinics because they can't get the health care and the proper way to get an abortion. And yeah. And then what is Congress going to do? They give zero fucks about anybody but themselves, and they... Who cares? Who cares if somebody wants to get an abortion? It's not your, it does not affect your life in any way whatsoever. Well, it says so far this year, presumably in anticipation of such a decision, 
Six states banned the mailing of pills. Seven states passed laws requiring pills to be obtained in person from a provider. And four states passed laws to set the limit on a medical abortion at earlier than 10 weeks gestation, said Elizabeth Nash, the Interim Associate Director of State Issues for the Guttmacher Institute, a research, a research organization that supports abortion rights. The current practice is that women who live in states that don't allow telemedicine for abortion must travel to a state that does, although they don't have to visit a clinic. They may be in any location with the state within that state for their telehealth telehealth visit, even a car, and may receive the pills at any address in the state. That's just it's absolutely fucking ridiculous to me Here's that these people happen. are so stuck up everybody else's ass. Here's what's going to happen. A televisit is going to be somebody who is not the person who is pregnant in another state that knows that they can't get an abortion in the other state. They're going to be a friend of that person. They're going to get the pills because they'll be looking for certain companies they're going to switch the pills into different pill bottles or shove them in a pair of fucking pulled up socks or something. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to ship them overnight to that state. And that's how it's going to happen. Well, they're going to have to. And it shouldn't have to be that way. And it shouldn't have to be that way. And it's just, oh, I feel like we need a president our age. You know what? I mean, it'll happen. You know, at some point in time, I do. Yeah, when we're old and then they're old and setting their ways too. We're already getting old. We're not old. I'm look. I'm in the middle of my life crisis here. No, I'm kidding. I I do I I do think it's it's a step in the right direction though right. in terms of what the FDA is doing. I do think that's a step in the in the right direction because it is hard for women to have to have to go out. First of all, it takes you time to actually get to a provider anyway. Right. So it takes you time to get to that provider anywhere you go. By the time you can get into somebody, you're already going to be X amount of weeks along at anyway. Least, at least five to six weeks. Yeah, because by the time you find out. know they're pregnant until they're six weeks That's pregnant. what I mean. By the time you find out and then by the time you actually make an appointment to get into someone or whatever, you know what I mean? It takes a little bit of time. So it's it's really upsetting. Like, and we're across. in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Right. But I mean, I think that this will be helpful. Yeah. You know, to a lot of women, it upsets me that there's women out there that, you know, have to go these other routes. And I, I think it's disgusting and just know that you have our solidarity, whatever that means. I mean, I know it doesn't mean much, but there's, you know, two I women on a podcast like, in Delaware who are with you. I feel like if you need to come to Delaware, I have a place for you to stay. <laughs> I know, right? It's kind of like you get to that place, but it's like, then, you know, after a while, it's going to be... um. Like, if we were to do something like that, like, you know, hey, you can come stay here in Delaware, we'll help you, then eventually, like, the death threats and everything will just show up at your door because you can't, you can't curtail just, crazy. Just let me know if you need the pills. I can get them in Delaware and ship them right to you. I know, right? Oh, oh okay. So I have some, well, let's do a World News Daily Report. We haven't done one in a really long time. And <laughs> this one seems absolutely ridiculous. So we're going to do this one. A trans species man... Who Trans species. Oh, here we go. Who identifies as a squirrel. Arrested oh, God. For two 20 ton peanut heists. Yep. 22 ton peanut. Oh, my God. Two 20 ton peanut heists. A trans species man who lives in the woods as a squirrel was arrested this morning by <laughs> deputies of the Bacon County Sheriff's Department for hijacking two trucks containing more than 20 tons of peanuts each. Back in October, 49-year-old oh Barry Wild, of course, Barry Wild, because he's very wild. Yeah, I got it. Oh, my God. He's a well-known trans species activist who spends most of his time living in the, li- living the life of a squirrel in his 460-acre wooded area that his parents own in central Georgia. Although he claims to live off the land by eating wild fruits, mushrooms, and pine nuts, he's accused of contemplating his, oh, completing, complementing his food supply more than 42 tons of peanuts stolen during two violent heists near Macon in Georgia on October 14th and 16th. Deputy Eric Smith of Bacon County Sheriff's Department says more than 20 tons of nuts were found on the property where Mr. Wide lives. Wild, I'm sorry. <laughs> we found two huge heaps of peanuts during our search of the property. We believe he may have already buried half of them in preparation for winter as a squirrel would. Mr. Smith says the accused borrowed a car, a rifle, and two pistols from his parents' home without their knowledge and used them to hijack two trucks filled with peanuts at gunpoint. Everything used in the robbery can be linked to his parents. Even the rope he used to tie up the drivers was bought by his mother just days before the crime and for their home's flagpole. 
Oh, Lord. Yeah, Barry Wilde faces a total of 13 criminal charges, including hijacking, a motor vehicle, armed robbery, and battery. If found guilty on all charges, he faces a maximum of 225 years in jail and a fine of 725000 I love how oh, they always, God. They always exaggerate the, the jail time. They really do. It's always some ridiculous number. His lawyers, Mrs. Francine Reynolds, demand that a psychiatric evaluation for her client to determine if he is fit to stand trial. If he is judged fit, his trial should start in January. Mr. Wilde will remain in detention unit detention until then. Oh my god. Shut up. A trans species who identifies as a squirrel. <laughs> oh god. Alright, what do I got over here? Hold on. Let me see. Oh! It came back. Nice. We got it back again. I wonder if I got mine. All right, so, um, let's see. I have, oh, there's this really weird one. Oh, okay, here it is. I don't know if we talked about this before. I don't think so, because they just published it. But, um, so this is from The Mind Unleashed. Okay. And it is 3D printed suicide pod gets legal approval in Switzerland could oh, yeah, roll out in 2022. Look at the little, that's like weird looking. I don't yeah, know if that's the real deal or not. You put it in there and then like a gas like thing comes in and puts you to sleep and mm-hmm. then another type of gas comes in and, and, and kills you dead. Yeah. Or is it the one with the needle? No, this is, it's, this is the gas. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So, hold on, where are we at? I just want to make sure. Okay, we're only at 36. Okay. Yeah, we got so, so much time left. <laughs> I know Jamie's like, and I just want to go home and eat. Um, Switzerland is among a small group of countries, mainly in Europe, that allows for people to end their own lives under strict provisions through the assistance of a licensed physician. However, one company in the Alpine Nation is hoping to streamline legalized euthanasia by removing doctors from the process through a new invention that allows people to end their own lives quickly and painlessly. And now the de- device has passed an important review by Swiss legal authorities. Nonprofit company Exit International. <laughs> Well, oh, I guess God. so. Yeah, you're exiting this world. I know. It has produced a 3D printed suicide chamber dubbed the Sarco, reports Swiss Broadcasting Corporation. The 21st century sarcophagus-like machine could roll out as soon as 2022. Those faced with terminal disease and other excruciating physical conditions, as well as severe psychological pain, will be able to make a clean exit from this mortal coil by living comfortably inside the small chamber. At the press of a button, the chamber will then fill with nitrogen gas, depriving them of oxygen and terminating their life in 30 seconds. 30 seconds? 30 seconds. You're dead in 30 seconds? Mm-hmm. Phew, gone. Says there is no panic, no choking feelings, said Philip Nitschke, the nonprofit's founder who has been dubbed Dr. Death by the media. The chamber is also easy to transport, allowing people to end their lives wherever they choose, be it in a cabin in the forest, at the beach, or anywhere else they might choose. The device- Could you imagine... Could you imagine you and your kids walking down the beach and see some guy in a fucking... In a pod. In a pod and like, Mommy, what's he doing? Oh, he's just getting ready to off himself. Maybe he's fine. (laughs) Keep it moving. Nothing to see here. (laughs) The device is controversial, however, you think, uh, due to the fact that it removes medical professionals from the process of euthanasia. However, Exit International hopes that it can develop an AI-assisted online exam that can gauge the mental acuity of those who wish to use Sarco. Wait, what? Oh, see, when they said that, I assumed at first that it meant, like, a physician won't have to um, give you the gas or give you the shots or whatever. I didn't know that they were just going to get rid of them all together and you could just log in and do, like, you know, A, B, or C. And then they're like, okay, you're set. A pot will be delivered to your house in five days and, you know, say goodbye to your friends. Have a trust to you. Your affairs in order. Like, what? I didn't know. I don't know. And it's all fun and games being they can get shipped to your house. It's all fun and games until they start getting used as fucking murder weapons. <laughs> I never thought of that. Way to be kind of, like, way to make an already creepy situation a little creepier. Like, like some bitch is going to knock her husband out with a fire pan, frying pan, shove him in this pot and be like, peace out, motherfucker, and a fucking suicide note. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, though, when they see the big old smack, the, you know, the big old dent on the back of the head Earl, from the frying pan, that'll do Earl it. I had to die. <laughs> but before he went, he did 
fix this wheel and get this really spiffy pod to die in right here. Uh, really in the spiffy pod. During Sunday night motherfucking football. <laughs> it says we want to remove any kind of psychiatric review from the process and allow the individual to control the method themselves. I don't know that I agree with that. His last words were go pack. Shut oh God! Up. Shut like, up! I can't. I can't even. I just, I just don't know that, um, I don't know that that's a good idea. I mean, for somebody to want to end their lives, like, you need to really, you know. There are states in this world, in this United States, that actually have self-euthanasia. I think it's, like, what, Oregon? Oregon and a couple other. I know for sure, I'm pretty sure there's one in Oregon, yeah. Um, But you are able to, but you have to be criteria. Like, you have to be, like, super sick. You have to be, like, suffering. You can't just be like, I'm depressed, you know. Well, usually it's, like, you're terminal. Right, but most of the, if you are terminal. Yeah, you're already terminal. you're trying to end your life before your quality of life gets so bad, which it's 100% going to do that because you are a terminally ill person. Right. They will allow you to die on your own terms. Right. And there's plenty of facilities, but this... This is a bad idea. This is going to have, I don't want to say it, but it's going to happen. This is going to have mothers throwing their kids in there. Like, oh, you just never know. Yeah. It is. It is. It kills you in 30 fucking seconds. It kills you in 30 I'm seconds. I'm just kind of wondering. I'm like, well, how does it not, if it's suffocating you, like, does it, I mean, I mean, wouldn't that be scary? They're saying no pain. I guess that's, I just don't understand, like. If it's taking your oxygen away, how is it not, like, hard? Does it, like, make you pass out? Like, I guess. Yeah, it'll probably, you probably get in there within, like, five seconds, you're passed out completely, and then you're dead. Well, so I'm thinking they're, like, you know, you're not, like, you know, you're not choking, you're not scared, you're not, you know, having all this anxiety. Like, no, don't worry. I'm, like, asking all these questions as if, like, <laughs> like I'm ready to order the pod. I am not ready to order the pod. You're not having anxiety. You're literally climbing into that thing to kill yourself. Yeah. That right there alone, you're, you have to be, like. You know the where you like dip your foot in the pool and you're like, okay, I'm gonna jump. Remember me at the pool when we went down to the beach, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yeah. gonna, I, no, 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 I'm not gonna do it. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Somebody getting into that pond. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna go. Oh no, 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 wait, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Are you sure you want me to do this, Brenda? <laughs> Get in the pot already, Charles. <laughs> wait. Did we notarize the will? <laughs> oh, God. Did you cut that fucker kid, your fucking kids out? I have something that I saved because I knew it would probably get under your skin. Oh, nice. A little bit. And it's a little different. I had to talk about the suicide pod, not because I want to order one. I just want to make sure because I seemed awfully interested in it. But um, it just, it's just, it, it's fascinating to me because, you know, I'm all about, like, near-death experiences and, you know, what's going to happen after you die. Like, I'm, I'm really, really into that kind of stuff. So, of course, it, like, piqued my interest. But this I saw and I was like, save! You sang it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because wait until you hear. It's going to get under my skin? It is. Okay. And I love to be itchy. <laughs> Well, you're going to really itch then, <laughs> I think. Are you, are you ready? Yeah. All right. So this is, um, I follow this woman named Sean Denise. She's like a heavier set woman, um, African and female and African-American female. And she like makes all her really cool clothes. And she and she's just, she's neat, right? I just follow her. So it's on her page and she posted this and she asked what we thought about it. And it says, my boyfriend proposed to me today at the movies. All right. So that's step one. You start to feel it starting to like, you know against your skin a little right so i didn't let him finish proposing because number one i thought it was a joke and number two i immediately thought seriously at the movies we just we had discussed how i wanted to get proposed to i just wanted to look decent and like a professional photographer or at least someone there to take pictures and i wanted to kidding me are you fucking kidding me (laughs) okay go told you I not know my friend or do I not know my friend? It says a professional photographer, at least someone there to take pictures. I wanted it a little more elegant. I told him this. He instead proposed to me after mostly everyone left the theater and the staff was next to us picking up trash. But I felt like I should have said yes, because that's also how I felt in the moment. My heart was racing. I was so happy thinking about it. And he explained while on one knee that he chose the movies because it's our thing. We always go to the movies. It's our thing to do. And that warmed my heart. I don't know if that makes sense. I just don't know if I'm wrong or something. Please help me. I'm sad and disappointed now. 
I feel like the whole proposal thing is going to suck the second time around. She's going to make him do it twice. Will I feel these happy feelings again? No, you won't, you ungrateful fucking bitch. You ungrateful <laughs> fucking bitch. First of all, his moment to you was that you guys go to the movies. It's your thing. And that <coughs> is why he chose the movie. Your whole, oh my god, I want to make a whole spectacle of it. I need to be pretty. I need a professional photographer. I know you just spent $5,000 on a ring, but I need a fucking $4,000 fucking goddamn photographer to go with it. Shut the fuck up! Some of us are out there putting out the fucking work and doesn't care if he comes in while you're shitting on the toilet and throws a ring at your head. I know, at this point, you'll be like, you'll be like, baby, what was that that just blinged off my forehead? I felt something. could you bring me in some toilet paper? Yeah, and by the way, here's a ring. Put it on your finger. We're getting married. (laughs) Like, why? Why are these people so fucking shallow? Well, a lot of different people had interesting views of this right some people were like well damn like they felt kind of like you like well what the fuck is wrong with you and then other people were like uh no and this is why i picked it because not only did this woman say the things that she said and i kind of get it because some people do like the whole big thing and it's so beautiful she doesn't deserve it and it's a whole spectacle and it's exciting she doesn't deserve that or the ring i don't know well this one woman who was nice about it said her feelings are valid because they're her feelings. They discussed how it would happen and he decided his way superseded that. So she told him what she wanted and he totally just did the opposite of what she wanted. So obviously she feels a little whatever, because right? that's not her moment. The proposal is his moment. I am 100% that this is a hill I will die on. From the time he puts that ring on her finger... Then it turns into everything the bride wants. The wedding, the food, the caterers, all that. That's that's basically the bride's day and he's just a part of it. Right. That proposal, that's his day. Mm. That is his day. A, it's him deciding that he wants to spend the rest of his life with you. It's him that's going out and buying the ring and putting it on your finger. It's him that is trying to find the words. It is him that is putting himself out there for a possible no. Mm. It's his day. Fuck your opinion about your proposal. It's not okay. Well, like, make your wedding your big day. Make your wedding your big day. Yeah, your wedding's your big day. Like, make that your big day. Your proposal has nothing to fucking do with it. Shut your fucking whore mouth. You don't deserve him or that ring. And I hope that he dumps you and he finds somebody that is so in love with him that it doesn't matter how he he proposes. I know. I get it. Well, this woman, her name's Christina Dobbs, commented on this. And I was like, oh, this is going to make Jamie itch a little further. She goes, it's amazing to me how many folks think she wants too much and hardly no one has said he messed up. It's totally okay for him to underdeliver, and because he's a male, excuses will be made for his shortcomings. She is wrong, unappreciative, and many other things because she isn't pleased with his half-assness. Oh my god. Gnosis, he's sorry as fuck. He could have done better. You don't have to settle for that, and you are not wrong for being disappointed. He has everything folks are saying about you. Sorry we live in a society that struggles to acknowledge women as deserving of the things we desire, but as a woman, as a person who knows disappointment, as a woman who's often told she wants too much, I see you and acknowledge your feelings too often. We go unseen in a Wendy's bathroom. (laughs) She got proposed to and the ring was fucking Dominique. It wasn't even pubic sarcodian. It was like um, the ones you can buy in the cigarette store right now. Oh my God. Well, this guy, Shad Stewart, it's a guy who goes, these comments really helped me strengthen my decision to never propose to anyone. <laughs> I never knew that women will tell their guys how they want to be proposed to. That is so weird to me. You're telling someone how to do something special for you. How does that become special for the guy he's getting married to? Or he's getting married to. And uh, the lady that I follow, she's like, look, I'm on the same page as you. I think it's amazing. And if you want something crazy and special, you do it for the wedding. You don't worry right. about the proposal so much. The proposal is just for you to get to the wedding. And then, you know, it's wonderful because he's made the decision. And then at the wedding, you you know, you do your thing. But I saw that and I was like, oh, Jamie's going to fucking inch. She going to inch. Does. It drives me insane. It drives me insane that you have to be such a fucking drama queen. Like, seriously. No, don't get me wrong. I would like a lovely proposal. I would like him to put some thought into it and things like that. Like, if me and Paco... Okay, so Paco and I play pool together. 
So, or we met in a parking lot, like, 20-some fucking years ago. If we went back to the BJ's parking lot where we met, which would actually be, like, it more in front of, like, the food line. Yeah. If we went back to that parking lot, and as we were walking, like, into BJ's, and he dropped down on one fucking knee and proposed to me in that spot, I would fucking love it. And it would be in the middle of a fucking parking lot because that's our space. Like, that's where we met. Right. Or if, you know, he proposed to me a pool because we play pool together and that's our thing. Like, there's... Hell, he could fucking be like, babe, I know that you love this spot on the couch. Here's a ring. (laughs) As long as he puts some thought, it's not so much the place. It's not so much the, the surrounding area. It's the words that he uses. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I want. I want him to tell me, I want to marry you and this is why. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is my idea of a perfect proposal. No matter what it is, if we're in a car, if we're like in the bathroom, if Mm -hmm. I'm lying in bed with morning breath and he's just trying to get some in the morning and he's like, oh yeah, well I got this ring for you. Like... Oh, wouldn't it be funny if he put it on his BB? It was like, here, look at the underneath. Look what I got for you. La, 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 la. (laughs) (laughs) He'd have to, like, tape it because it's it's perfect. Well, I I mean, I I guess I didn't think think that through, but I was just thinking to myself, like, that would would be a really bad proposal. (laughs) I know you love to suck my dick, babe. (laughs) So... I mean, it's it's not the proposal itself. It's not the ring. It's not anywhere. It's the words behind the proposal. And if he says these things, and you know in your heart of hearts that when he is speaking them, that he is speaking them from his soul, fucking say yes. Because mm. that's what it's about. No, I agree. It's I mean, I do. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I totally I agree. Trash-ass people. I mean, it's, you know, it's just your, you know, my opinion. I get it, though, you know, to a certain extent. Mine still didn't come up. Oh, okay. I have this one that I thought you might like. And it's an obituary that they're trying to get to go viral. Another obituary is about the old lady who's like, kids were like, fuck this bitch. No. No. Oh, let me see. So this is from um, the Fayetteville Observer. Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Oh, thank you for correcting me. I, I, I didn't realize I was saying it wrong. Thank you. Her name is Renee Mandel Corin. Okay. I'm believing. And this is her obituary. And it's almost so over the top that I almost had to Google some words. Really? Yeah, because I was like, what the fuck is all this shit? But it's very, very long and it's very interesting. And I can almost see um, it being like you. My obituary okay. better be fantastic. I'm going to write it myself before I die. We'll have to edit. Okay. It says, El Paso, Texas, a plus-size Jewish lady, redneck, died in El Paso on Saturday. Of itself, hardly news, or good news, if you're the type that subscribes to the notion that anybody not named you dying in El Paso, Texas, Texas is good news. In which case, I've got good news for you. The body, fertile, redheaded matriarch of a sprawling Jewish-Mexican redneck American family has kicked it. This was not... Yeah. This was not good news to Renee Mendel Corn's many surviving children, grandchildren, and great grandchildren, many of whom she even she, many of whom she even knew and, in her own way, loved. There will be much mourning in the many glamorous locales she went bankrupt in: McKeesport, PA, Renee's birthplace, and where she first fell in love with ham and atheism. Fayetteville and Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, where Renee's dreams. Oh, Kill Devil Hills is amazing. Is it? Yeah. Credit rating and marriage are all buried. And of course, Miami, <laughs> Florida, where Renee's parents, uncles, aunts, and eternal hopes of all Miami Dolphin fans everywhere are all buried pretty deep. Oh my God. Renee was pre- preceded in death by Don Shula. <laughs> Who's Don Shula? I think it's a sports commentator. It says, because she was my mother, the death of Zaftig, good time gal, Renee Corrin, at the impossible old age of 84, is newsworthy to me, and I treat it with the same respect and reverence she had for, well, nothing. A more disrespectful trash reading, talking and watching woman in North Carolina, Florida, and Texas was not to be found. Hers was an itinerant, much-lived life, a Yankee, Florida, liberal, Jewish, tough gal, who bowled him in Japan, rolled him in North Carolina, was a singularly unique parent. Often frustrated by the stifling conservative culture of the South, Renee turned her voracious mind to the home front, 
becoming a model stay-at-home parent, a super mom, really just the perfect PTA lady, volunteer, amateur baker. And <laughs> just kidding. Y'all, Renee, Rosie, to her friends, and this was Broad, who'd never met a stranger, worked double shifts with Doreen, ate a ton of carbs with Bernie, and can occasionally be stirred to stew some stuffed cabbage for the kids. She played cards like a shark, bowled and played cribbage like a pro, and laughed with the boys until the wee hours, long after the last pin dropped. At one point in the 1980s, Renee was the 11th or 12th ranked woman in cribbage in America. And while that could be a lie, it sounds great in print. She also told us she came up with a name for Sunico, and I choose to believe this too. Yes, Renee lied a lot. But on the plus side, Renee didn't cook, she didn't clean, and she was lousy with money too. Here's what Renee was great at, great at dyeing her red roots, weekly manicures, <laughs> dirty jokes, pier fishing, rolling joints, and buying dirty magazines. She said she read them for the articles, but filthy free speech was really Renee's thing. Hers was a bawdy, rowdy life, lived, lived large, broke, and loud. We thought Renee could not be killed. God knows people tried a lot. Renee has been toying with death for decades, but always beating it, running off in her silver Chevy Nova. COVID couldn't kill Renee. Neither could pneumonia twice, infections, blood clots, bad feet, breast cancer twice, two mastectomies, two recessions, multiple bankruptcies, marriage to a philandering sergeant major, divorce in the 70s, six kids, one cesarean, a few abortions from the quietly famous abortionist of Spring Lake, North Carolina, or an affair with Larry King in the 60s. Renee was preceded to death by her ex-boyfriend, Larry King. <laughs> Renee was also sadly preceded to death by her beloved daughter, Kathy Sue Corin Lester, Trammell Webster. That was a lot of names of Kill Devil Hills in North Carolina, who herself was preceded to death by two marriages, a fudge shop, and one eyeball loss in a near-fatal Pepsi bottle incident that will absolutely be explored in future obituaries. <laughs> Losing her first, her one-eyed badass bitch of a daughter in 2007 devastated Renee, but it also made her quite homeless since Kathy pretty much picked up the tab. A talented and gregarious gift grifter, Renee M. Corrin eked out her final years of luxury. She literally tired at 62. Under the care, compassion, checking accounts, and evidently unlimited patient of her favorite son and daughter-in-law, Michael and Lourdes Corrin of world-famous Cal Sanctuary, El Paso, Texas. Renee is also survived by her son, Jeffrey Corrin, and his endlessly torrent wife, Shirley of Powell's Point, North Carolina, Scott Corrin and what's left of his colon of Hampton, Virginia, Mark and Laura Corrin, the loveliest dirt farmers of Vernon, Texas. Seriously, where is that? And her favorite son, the gay one who writes catty obituaries in his spare time, Andy Corrin of obviously New York City. Plus two beloved grand dogs, me and Hudson. Renee was particularly close to and grateful for the lavish attendance or attentions of her granddaughter, Perla, and her great-grandchildren, Elijah and Leroy, as well as her constant cruise companion, Sam Trammell of Greenville, North Carolina, and Adam Corral of El Paso, Texas. Renee took tremendous pride in making one gay son and two gay grandchildren, Sam Tremel and Aiden Corrin. There'll be a very disrespectful and totally non-denominational memorial on May 10th, 2022, most likely at a bowling alley in Fayetteville, North Carolina. <laughs> the family requests absolutely zero privacy or propriety, none whatsoever, and in fact encourages you to spend some government money today on a one-armed bandit at the blackjack table or on a cheap cruise to find our, find our inheritance. She spent it all, folks. She left me nothing but these lousy memories, which I and my family of five brothers and my sister-in-laws, nephews, friends, nieces, neighbors, ex-boyfriend, Larry King's children, who I guess might be one of us, the total stranger who all, to a person, loved and will cherish her forever. Please think of the brightly frocked, frivolous, funny, and smart Jewish redhead who is, apt, is about to grift you, tell you filthy joke, and for Larry King's sake, laugh. Bye, Mommy. We loved you to bits. That was like really intense, wasn't it? That was hysterical, and then it was like, oh. I know, but I was like, I oh wow. Her. I know, but isn't that neat? Yeah, I can was, imagine that being that you. That was long as fuck. It was long as fuck, but I can imagine that, that being that something bitch, about you. That was an obituary book. A bitch book. <laughs> you know what though? Somebody better write me a fantastic fucking obituary. Well, I mean, I'm sure my I will. Praises, but my my funeral is going to be a spectacle, so it doesn't matter. Like I want, like I'm writing scripts for people. Like, I'm writing my own eulogies. There's going to be people throwing themselves at my casket, dressed as, like, old black ladies in church, like, with uh, the veils and the hats and the gloves. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a thing. Well, hopefully that won't happen anytime soon. No. But what will happen as soon as we're going to wrap this up, so take us home, Jamie. Oh, is it time? It's 58. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> um, if you have ever, I don't know, plotted a murder-suicide Write us in at uh, <laughs> at gmail.com. 
gmail.com. I'm sorry. I'm out of it today. <laughs> I could have I could have done better. Um, <laughs> you can find us at, G- at shapefromthenet at gmail.com. You can find me at, on the TikTok at Jamie Hollibull. You can find Danielle, who doesn't post anything, but she's on there, at Danny from Straight From The Net. You can also find us on Facebook at Straight From The Net. We also have something that no other podcast has. Danielle, what do we have? We have a radio show in New York. That is right. Somebody thought that was a good idea to put us on the radio. And during the daytime, too, by the way. So you can find us every Friday at 10 a.m. on the WMLD, the voice of Hudson Valley Radio. And you can find that in all the major app stores if you're out of the area. Um, I guess, what is it? Every day, every Friday at 10 o'clock. And if you miss it, that's okay. They'll replay it again on Saturdays at 7. And if you, we think, yeah. And if you miss that, that's okay because our, Shows are uploaded to our SoundCloud, which is our mother account, every Sunday at 11 o'clock. And then it goes shooting out all over the place. Ish. Ish. 11 o'clock-ish. Oh, yeah, 11 o'clock. Well, no, it's always uploaded at 11. I just, oh. it depends on when I post it on social media. Oh, okay. It's because I'll, I'll put it on there now, and it'll be up there tonight. It'll just automatically, you know, let itself go on Sunday. Um, and by the time I realize it's there, there's, like, already, like, so many listens. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, good. That's our, like, our hard hitters. Um, I remember two weeks, big announcement, right, I know. It's very big stuff. In the meantime, be good people, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.